This is RJ Carbone, and you're listening to BD4. Show us some dexterity as well with the left hand. You know, you think they're like getting it together and then they go and do this shit. What's happening, everybody? I'm your host, RJ, and you're listening to episode 400, believe it or not. Episode 400 of the podcast. Welcome to BD4. And um, yeah, th- this Yankees team just keeps on confusing the shit out of me. I think that's the best way to put it, as as they are confusing the shit out of really everybody else watching these games, uh, I can imagine. Um I mean, I shouldn't say I'm confused because, again, I, I kind of have a good idea of, of what this team is. And to, to put it really short, that's, you know, the same team as, as, as Yankees teams of the recent past. Um, but, like, you still go through the season with hopes that it can be different this time around. And it just, it always ends up just seeming like it's the same old um, Yankees of, of, of late of recent years and um oh man it was a, it was a difficult series and we're going to talk about it episode 400 of bd4 welcome to the show um yeah welcome to the podcast if you are new here be sure to subscribe to bd4 bd4 where there's no better way to get your yankees and knicks analysis we also do mma now to yanks every game i'm sorry yanks every series knicks every game mma on weekends Though it's more just occasionally MMA now. we got to change that little tagline there. Uh, yeah, we're going to discuss this series. Let's just not waste any time. Let's get to a quick little break. Get back and we'll talk about this Yankees athletics series to start off this West Coast trip. Be with us. We'll be right back. Hey, fellas. I've noticed that only a small percentage of you who watch BD4 on YouTube are actually subscribed. So if you do enjoy this podcast and want to be alerted every time a new episode drops, consider subscribing and hitting that notification bell. This way, we can help the podcast grow and you won't miss a single episode of BD4. Um... Uh, you know, man, I, I uh, got myself one of those um, dugout mugs this past week. Pretty cool, dude. And I got it for, excuse me, I got it for a discount, too. They're pretty cool. I like them. They're made out of baseball bats. It's the barrel of the bat. And, um, yeah, get your own team, get your own logo. 
alternate logo, the main logo. Get your own whatever you want, I think, engraved on there. But I also ordered the, uh, it's coming this week, the metal, like the thermos, metal bat version. So this is pretty cool. I like them. It's a good little small business. It's a genius idea. It's a very genius idea. But, um, yeah, dugout mug. And this, this is not a sponsor, okay? I wish it was. Um, Randall Thompson, if you are listening, hey, you got a good product, man. Um, no, it, it, it was a bad series for the Yankees. Um, fortunately, my day has been brightened because as I'm recording Sunday night, August 28th, August 28th, Sunday night, I just finished up watching the, uh, the second episode of the Game of Thrones, uh, prequel House of the Dragon. Dude, that show is so cool. I'm liking it a lot. I think it's got potential. Um, it's given me so far, it's given me every bit of the same Game of Thrones vibe. It's the quality is just as good. Like the cinematography, the production is just as good. The sound, the it's just the 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 vibes that I get watching this show. It just it feels like old school Game of Thrones. And I know a lot of people were disappointed with the way Game of Thrones ended there, but you can't have that mindset going into this one. It's a different show. Let them do their own thing. And so far, two episodes in, it's been pretty good. I it's I'm really hoping this becomes a thing. You know, I'm really hoping this catches on and, and this can be something that goes on for multiple seasons like Game of Thrones did and be successful for multiple seasons. Um, I'm liking the actors. <clears throat> I am liking the acting. I am liking everything about it. And of course, tonight we got it. The the uh, the Game of Thrones score. The theme. It's back. That gave me chills, man. That just really... The, the nostalgia really hit me. When as soon as HBO... As soon as I flipped to HBO at 9 p.m., boom, the theme song was playing right away. They, they brought the theme song in there. Different visuals, which is awesome. The, the whole... Yeah, it was cool. It was cool. I, the way they do that is... I can imagine how much work that takes. But it's cool. I like it. Let's talk Yankees because I'm wasting time. So, um, yeah, <laughs> I mean, I guess a little housekeeping real quick, actually, before we get to the first game of the set. Um, you know, <clears throat> a few days ago, um, Nestor Cortez was sent to the, the DL, the Phantom DL, a.k.a. he um, is most likely not seriously injured and is only on the DL because of... Because they're, they're trying to do the load management thing, right? He's approaching a career high in innings pitched. They've done this in the past with several pitchers. They've done it with Severino. That's actually probably why they put Seve on the 60. They're doing it right now with Clay Holmes. When guys are pitching a ton and they're clearly fatigued or they're approaching new territory, they'll do this. Um, the idea of it, it's like a loophole. Instead of just not pitching that pitcher for a certain amount of days, you can fake an injury. This way you can use that roster spot to get a look at somebody else. So they're doing that, probably doing that with Nestor Cortez. Um, Giancarlo Stanton returned this series, did absolutely, uh, not absolutely nothing, but he did very 
uh, very little. Um, Rodas Chapman was sent to the DL, an actual injury, getting a tattoo and having an infection because of getting that tattoo. Um, can't speak. That was interesting. That's 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 new. Uh, and the Yankees signed uh, old friend, an old friend, Jason Shreve, if you can remember that Yankees legend. Um, I think he was part of that Luke Voigt deal, actually. Jeez, feels like ages ago. But yeah, that's really it. That's just the only like things outside of these four games that happened. Um, but yeah, the first game of the set ended up being <laughs> the best game of the series. Um, the Yankees took a big win. <laughs> Excuse me, they took this one 13-4. Jameson Tyone going up against James Caprillion, former Yankee top prospect. Um, and the Yankees get two runs, or four runs actually, right away. Top of the second inning. Um, it happened where Isaiah Connor Falefa and Giancarlo Stanton singled in runs to make it four zip. And then on the top of the third, they kept going. Donaldson doubled in runs. Benintendi had a sack fly. Stanton walked a run in with the bases loaded. And then Anthony Rizzo singled in a run. All of a sudden, it was 8 0 Yankees. Um, James Caprillion ended up going just two and two thirds top of the fourth against the Oakland bullpen Jose Trevino doubled and Aaron Judge brought in a run with a ground ball 10 nothing Yankees just like that bottom of the sixth Oakland got their only um, run off of Tyone um, which was a solo home run 10 to 1 and then in the top of the seventh, Donaldson and Oswaldo Cabrera doubled to make it 13-1 Yankees. Tyone ends up going six. Bottom of the seventh, the final scoring for the, from uh, Oakland to make it 13-4. Um, you know, walk, hit by pitch, single. <laughs> I think there was a balk in there. But yeah, the lineup ended up scoring 13 runs for New York, 20 hits. Four of them doubles, six walks, seven strikeouts, no double plays grounded into um, one sack fly. They were nine for 20 with runners in scoring position, 13 left on base as a team. Um, but yeah, they, they were great. Uh, first off, I love the fact that this was a rare game where the Yankees scored all of their runs without a home run, 13 runs scored, zero home runs. Um, the 20 hits part is pretty awesome too love to see 20 hits um, and none of them be homers like that's awesome the contact the situational hitting nice for a change right 16 singles four doubles that's pretty cool i would say it's encouraging right? but I, I i know better i know that it's honestly just more fluky than it is an indicator that the yankees are scoring those runs without homers because they're structured to hit home runs and mostly home runs. They're 26th in doubles entering this after this game. They, they rank 26th in doubles, 29th in triples, and 15th in batting average. <laughs> so, And that was before the final three games of the set where their offense was close to non-existent. Um, Caprillion was awful. <laughs> Jesus Christ, was he? He goes two and two-thirds, 
86 pitches were needed to get through two and two thirds. He walked six batters. He allowed seven hits, eight runs come across, and he only struck out two. He was awful. His stuff was not moving. He had no command. He could not find the zone. And when he did find the zone, it was middle, middle. Um, and he just got, he got hammered. Benintendi had three hits. Donaldson had three hits. Oswaldo Cabrera had three hits. Donaldson had two doubles, a walk and three RBIs. Cabrera had a double in there, an RBI. Benintendi's three hits were all singles. He had an RBI. Rizzo, Glaber, Trevino, and IKF had two hits apiece. Rizzo has an RBI in there. Glaber walked. Trevino had a double, a walk, and an RBI. And Falafel, two RBIs in a, in a walk. And then Judge, Stanton, and Higashioka each picking up a hit. Judge walked, had an RBI. Stanton walked, had three RBIs. Higashioka was one for one there. And shockingly, Marwin and Hicks, um, the only Yankees to go hitless in this game. Again, I say shocking, um, but they also came off the bench late. So, And yeah, Tyone was good. Uh, Tyone won six innings, just one run on six hits, no walks, two strikeouts. The one run came off the solo home run, and um, 100 pitches thrown and the win. He's now 12-4 and four with a 3.89 ERA. He's having a solid season, man. He's not what he was earlier in the year. We get that, but he's back to who he's always been. It's just a decent, okay, average pitcher, right? So he's doing his thing. Um, you know, he, he did struggle through this. He struggled. He labored through it. The stuff was not electric. Didn't feel like he was pitching well, but he found a way to give six uh, one-run innings, you know? few strikeouts, a lot of ground ball outs, a few pop-ups in there, some hard hit balls, but at the end of the day, Tyone got it done, and the bullpen <laughs> managed a way to not blow it. Um, three innings, three runs, two hits, three walks, four strikeouts, and a hit batter. Weiser made his, uh, I believe it was his major league debut. He's the closer for the uh, Rail Riders. Is it the Rail Riders or the Patriots? I think it's the Rail Riders, AAA. Yeah. And my God, was he awful. Not not a debut you want. Uh, he hit a couple of batters. He walked a couple of batters. Uh, I think he had a balk in there. Um, his ERA after that game sat at 81. <laughs> so I bet he was glad to pitch in the fourth game and, and kind of lower that. Um, Litke threw in this game. He did the usual. He ate up low leverage innings, and he was, I guess, fine. Um, but the Yankees won 13-4 in that first game, and then the second game came along. They also won, but this was more of a close one, more of a nail-biter, as they took this one 3-2. to 3-2 two. Um, two Yankees won this one. Garrett Cole pitched in this game against former Yankee, another former Yankee, uh, Yankee J.P. Sears. Top of the fifth uh, home run by Aaron Judge. Put the Yankees up three zip, and that was all they'd score. Sears ended up going six. Uh, bottom of the seventh, Bride, I think his name is Bride, for the A's. Uh, hits a home run to make it three to one. Cole ends up going seven and a third. And then the bottom of the ninth, it got a little too close for comfort. Garcia singles in a run three to two, but they get it done. Um, but yeah, the lineup, three runs. They had nine hits, but just three runs. Uh, six walks in there, two Double plays, hit into four strikeouts, one for eight in scoring position. 
10 left on base as a team. Not quite the offensive explosion. Um, but J.P. Sears did a nice job. Six innings, eight hits, four walks, sure. But he only, you know, made one big mistake, which was the three-run home run. Um, so he pitched good. and It still hurts seeing him not on the Yankees and having to pitch Clark Schmidt, who we'll talk about in a second. Um, but... Oswaldo Cabrera, his second consecutive three-hit game, tripled, two singles. Once again, didn't strike out. I don't remember the last guy, the last time this guy struck out. Um, he might have struck out today, but yeah, he was picked off. He got caught there. That wasn't good. Talk about that in a sec. Uh, DJ LeMahieu, Judge Glaber, Josh Donaldson, Andrew Benintendi, and uh, Jose Trevino. Each had one hit. Judges hit was a home run. Three RBIs. He also had three walks. Donaldson had two walks. Stanton had one walk. Trevino fouled the ball off of his foot. Um, and again, this was Stanton's first game back. Was it? Wait a second. I think I had the wrong stat in there. Oh, no, we're good. Second game back. Um... Yeah, it was the second game back. Garrett Cole pitched a good game. Uh, you know, seven and a third innings, one run, three hits, two walks, 11 strikeouts, one home run allowed, 110 pitches thrown, and the victory. Yeah, I mean, it, he, he did what he was supposed to do against an Oakland A's team, so I'm not going to give him extra praise there. There's not much to talk about. All those pitches looked good. And he did what he is being paid to do. Well, he's actually being paid to, you know, pitch in the playoffs. But he did what he was supposed to do. Um, so, yeah. The bullpen pitch an inning and two-thirds. One run allowed. Um, two hits, no walks, three strikeouts. Lasagna pitched two-thirds of an inning. He looks strong. He keeps pitching well lately. Um, I think they mentioned on the broadcast 13 Innings or outings in a row. I think it's innings. The last 13 innings or something have been scoreless. Don't quote me on that. But he looks better. He looks like he's got a rhythm out there. He's not laboring and he's throwing strikes. Still more contact than, than normal, but he's you know, he's getting some strikeouts. And then Peralta pitched the final inning. Um, he was almost, you know, he almost pulled off a classic Wandy Peralta meltdown there, but he escaped. He, he was able to escape there, and the Yankees picked up the win. Um, they lost the final two games of the set. We'll talk about those final two games when we get back from break. Stay with us. We will be right back. All right, welcome back to the show. I'm your host, RJ Carbone, and you're listening to episode 400 of BD4. Um, yeah, the third game of the set. Uh, <laughs> Jesus. This was rough. Uh, <laughs> so they lose 3-2. Uh, Domingo Herman going up against some bum. Oller is his name with a 6-something ERA. 
There was no scoring. There was no offense whatsoever until the top of the 10th inning. And the only way they scored, the Yankees here, was off of two wild pitches. <laughs> then you get to the bottom of the 10th. Ron Marinaccio, who has been so good for them, so steady and solid, chokes it away to Stephen Vogt, who's a washed-up veteran who had maybe one good season a, f- a while ago. 2-2, two to two, the A's tie it. One inning later, the bottom of the 11th, you have the meltdown in the field. DJ LeMayu and Rizzo botch a routine double play, and Oakland all of a sudden comes back from being down 2 nothing in the 10th to winning 3-2. Um, now, Domingo, let's get that out of the way. He was excellent. He was unbelievably excellent. Um, seven and two-thirds innings, uh, strong innings, shutout innings. Seven and two-thirds innings, no runs. Three hits, no walks, five strikeouts, no homers, 79 pitches, and no decision. He was excellent yet again. And he continues to be very good for the Yankees, and that's not getting talked about enough. And and he's really done a great job as the number five since he's been here. Aaron Boone, an absolute joke. I don't know why this is not being talked about enough. But Domingo Herman was pulled with one out remaining in the eighth inning on 79 pitches. 60 of them were strikes, by the way. I mean, that's just putrid. That's pathetic. And it's classic Aaron Boone. Now, I understand the Yankees are very conservative with guys. You know, they like to milk their pitchers if they had any kind of significant injury in recent months, years. But this was not 110 pitches. It was not 100 pitches. It wasn't even 90 pitches. Domingo Herman had 79 pitches. And it was an easy 79 pitches. Because again, it was just through 7 and 2 thirds innings. So that's practically 10 pitches an inning. The ultimate efficient mark. Seven, 79 pitches across 7 and 2 thirds innings is Rarer than rare. Three shitty hits along the way. No walks, nothing. He was breezing through it. Low stress innings. Seven and two-thirds, 79 pitches, and he gets pulled. Unbelievably and unequivocally, unequivocally pathetic. You don't do that. Because if he doesn't get pulled right there and he keeps pitching, maybe that doesn't happen with Marinaccio. Maybe you push back your relievers an extra inning, right? You don't have to use as many as you do because you're going to, you know, Kay's going to say the fallacy of the predetermined outcome. But he also always mentions that when you have to use so many relievers, one of them is bound to be off. So you get a little more length there from Herman, and that 79 becomes, hell, even 89. You let him throw one more inning, 10 more pitches, 12 more pitches, whatever. That helps the bullpen. You know, maybe you don't have to use an extra guy. Maybe that does not happen. So it was absolutely pathetic by Boone there to pull him at 79 pitches. I am still infuriated. Still. Um, And I also did not like with how Aaron Boone... Now, I don't know if this next one was Aaron Boone or if it was Benintendi himself, but to bunt there in extra innings with the guy on second base was absolutely putrid. I mean, you literally traded for this guy, Benintendi. You traded for him to get RBIs in those exact spots. But instead, you're going to take away his bat there? No, I'm hoping. I'm hoping that this was Benintendi's stupid idea. 
Um, I don't know if they asked Aaron in the post game press conference. I don't watch those anymore. They infuriate me. But yeah, that that would have been that would have been oh man, that would have that would have really 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 bothered me if if um if I were to find out that it was Aaron Boone's decision there to bunt Andrew Benintendi, your your only three hundred hitter. And then thirdly, okay, is is Giancarlo Stanton healthy? Is he not healthy? Because this this ridiculous philosophy that we have where, you know, these guys are made of paper mache is insane. If you're healthy, when you come back from the DL, you should be able to play. And I mean play baseball like a real man. Like the professional athlete that you are. Now if you are unhealthy, then you should not be playing baseball. But this 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 thing we do, this half in, half out shit. Play, don't play, come back for two days, sit, then play again. That's annoying. And it's not significant. It's something I probably shouldn't be bitching about. But it does bother me. And that's why I have this podcast. Bottom line... The Yankees lost by one run. 3-2. They lost by one run. You could have used that extra RBI if you played Stanton. You could have had it. Just saying. And of course, you can't ignore what happened at the end. Or what happened all throughout the game. Because the Yankees' fundamentals was not just on that final play. I mean, their fundamentals just continuing to not exist this season. It is year after year after year after year with this shit. They cannot run the bases. They cannot field the ball well. They cannot win a championship playing like that. Because once again, in the third game of this set, we featured all of that. Judge gets picked off. Cabrera gets picked off. Herman makes a throwing error. DJ LeMayu and Anthony Rizzo botch the final play of the game. Whoever you want to blame there. Bad defense. It says it all. This team thinks they can mash their way to a championship every year so they forget about all the little things. So this also falls on managing as much as it does the players. That's preparation. I am sorry. It's year after year. Have your guys prepared and disciplined. It's not just recently. It's not just this season. It's every single year under this world-class circus clown of a manager. Their fundamentals have gone to shit. And they also had one hit. You can't forget that. They had one shitty hit in 11 innings from baseball from the guy who just got called up a few weeks ago. So they were 1 for 32. That's an 0-31 batting average. So outside of Oswaldo Cabrera, the other rest of the team won 0 for 31. I'm good at math, aren't I? Awful. Speaking of awful... If you thought that was bad offense, it didn't really change much in this game. The final game of the set where the Yankees lost 4-1 to to the A's. And this was ugly. Um, Schmidt pitched up against some bum with a 6.5 ERA as well. Martinez. Bottom of the first. Steven Vogt doubles in a run. Garcia singles. It's 2-0 Oakland. Bottom of the third. Kemp and Garcia single in runs. It's 4-0 Oakland. Top of the fifth. The Yankees get one of their only runs of the... I'm sorry, one of their only uh, hits of the game. Um, 
generating their only run of the game, Higashioka singles. That's it. Now, the pitching side of things, it wasn't good. Schmidt, four and a third innings pitched, four runs, eight hits, one walk, seven strikeouts was cool. Zero home runs, uh, 83 pitches in the loss. His slider was terrible. He spun that thing right in the strike zone all day. Wasn't really breaking the way it was supposed to. He was hanging his curveballs. Can't be putting a team in a 4 nothing hole three innings into it. You can't. Um, especially this is a guy I've been advocating for. Uh, but, you know, they, they they really went with the ultimate C-tier squad from here. I mean, F-tier, honestly. Because, I mean, talk about having no pitching depth. I, I'm i a huge fan of this team. I know all the guys in their organization. I don't even know any of these names out there. It was Schmidt, Bonda, Weiser, and Bard. I mean, like, 90% of your diehards probably don't even know these guys. Who? These are punt names we're throwing out there today. But again, let's get back to the lineup because they were terrible. They were terrible. They scored one run on four hits, three walks. So you get one hit through 11 innings yesterday, continue to get no hit from there until the fifth inning today. It's disgusting. And the fact that this is not the first time where a stretch like this has happened is a huge turnoff too. Remember they had the Houston no-hitter? Then the very next game, they didn't have a hit until the seventh inning, was it? (coughs) Excuse me. Their best shot came the inning after they got their first hit. In the top of the sixth, Stanton zips a line drive single to left field. Rizzo finds a hole. Could have been a double, but he misses first base. He trips and only gets a single out of it. But you had first and second with just one out. Bringing up DJ LeMayu. DJ bounces into another double play. He's been slumping. But, like, remember when DJ was an automatic hit with runners in scoring position? He's kind of become an automatic out. Now, he's had a decent year. He's a decent player. I'll give him that. But he's not hitting with runners in scoring position, and he hasn't been hitting there all year. That's probably why he's got the low RBI total. He's only 14 for 72 in scoring position. That's like 190. Um, but it was just terrible. There were just terrible at-bats all afternoon, all series, outside of the first couple games. No emotion. Quick counts. I mean, you're facing two. The final two games of the set, you are facing two terrible, horrific, horrendous AAA pitchers with a 6-plus ERA each. And they bitch you around? They bitch you around. Awful. Anthony Rizzo kind of sucks, man. I've been on him all season as a big fan of him. I've been hoping he does he's you know he does well, and I love I, I love the guy, but he's one of my favorite players in baseball. But man, he he kind of sucks at least right now. But like, I, it's hurt it hurting me, man. It's hurting me. I can't speak tonight. It's hurting me looking at other guys around the league that we could have had. Looking at Freddie Freeman, who's batting three thirty, who's got forty something doubles and you know close to twenty something homers. He kind of sucks. I'm kind of tired of, of seeing him just not hit. Higashioka sucks. I know he had a hit today, but can you find a new backup catcher? Please. But we just got to get some real hitters in here, man. 
I mean, look the fuck around. We need some real hitters. I want to talk about this real quick when we get back from break. Stay with us one sec. We'll be back. All right, so if you guys want to follow me on social media, I'm on Facebook, RJ Carbone, and I'm also on Instagram, at Rob J Carbone. That's Facebook, RJ Carbone. And on Instagram, I'm at Rob J Carbone. So BD4 is on so many different platforms now. You can listen to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and plenty other listening platforms. You can also watch the podcast on YouTube and Spotify. And if you do listen to us on Apple Podcasts, be sure to give us a five-star rating and review as we are currently a five-star podcast and would love to keep it that way. And if you watch the podcast on YouTube, make sure you subscribe to the BD4 YouTube channel. Download, listen, watch, share it, do all of that stuff to help us grow. You know, I mean, it is so difficult sometimes, especially as an older schooled fan, to look at this team, look at the lineup, and just see some of these numbers. And I'm going to say it. If you're an analytics guy, probably brace yourself here. The batting averages on this team are putrid. Giancarlo Stanton, 226. Aaron Hicks, 216. Anthony Rizzo, 223. Josh Donaldson, 222. Kyle Higashioka, 195. And you wonder why we're so inconsistent offensively? Sure, we'll put up the numbers in the regular season. You know, they're going to lead the league in runs and home runs. Yeah. But they still have inconsistent stretches. And they still can't put it together in the playoffs with this lineup. Because they don't have that high-volume hitting team. The idea that average does not matter is... It's garbage, man. And I've seen it slowly become to that. I've seen it slowly... Like, I remember six or something years ago, it was like, average isn't that important. Now it's gone all the way down to average is useless and does not matter, batting average. Like, I've, I've lived through that... I guess I should say regression, not progression. And it's sad. But it's like the Yankees believe that shit. They believe that it doesn't. It's like change your philosophy. Because this whole home run or nothing, three true outcome bullshit has not worked. And probably will never work if you don't have a pitching staff that's, you know, top to bottom elite. And I don't believe they do because I think there are holes in their bullpen and there are question marks in their rotation. You need a lineup that can actually put the bat on the ball more. Guys who can actually hit at a high clip. I'm just tired of seeing all these 200 hitters and just accepting it like it's nothing. Guys walk back to the dugout three times a game with their heads down, but it's like it's nothing. It's like it's just another out for them. No. It's time to start putting pride back on making contact and putting the ball in play and and moving the line. Keep moving the line. Get hits. Singles. Singles are less powerful than the home run, yeah, but they're also the most frequent hit in the game. So the more you have a singles guy, he's going to get on a lot. 
You know, guys like DJ LeMayhew, man, when he was in his prime, was fun. Get more guys. Like, we need to find those guys. And, and they're rare today because more guys are starting to hit for power and more guys are starting to follow that three true outcome philosophy. It's a shame. But we need to start getting rid of these 220 deadweights. We really do. Hicks has got to go. I don't care if he did well today. Donaldson's got to go next year. I don't care. Don't care. Rizzo. I'm, I'm kind of praying he uses that opt-out. Stanton. Listen, Stanton's had some good playoff games for us, but the guy has been here five or six years, and he's been healthy in two of them. He can't move anymore. He's he's hitting 220. We need guys who can at least batch a 260. Like We need just decent hitters. How many decent bat-to-ball hitters do we have? Not many on this team. Not many. And it's also time to get a little bit younger, man. It's also time to get a little tiny bit younger because this team, Jesus Christ, it's old. Donaldson, Rizzo, Stanton, LeMayu, Hicks. I mean, all of these guys are over 30, pushing 35. Injury-prone veterans, veterans past their prime, Let's get some young guys in here. Call up Peraza. What is the wait? That draft pick, uh, service time, bullshit, that's past the 18th of August. Get him up here. Worry about this team right now. Cabrera came up here. Look at it. Look at it. He's been your best sitter since he's come up here. Your best player, arguably, since he's come up here outside judge. Like All of these guys who are young, who have some ceiling, and who are major league ready or close to being major league ready should be on this roster. There's no reason Peraza should not be on this roster. Donaldson, Marwin, IKF, those three should not be keeping Oswald Peraza from getting big league at-bats. That's disgusting. It's pathetic. So, it's got it's to happen. The Yankees got to get hot, man. I don't know if they will, but they got to do it soon. They had a cool little, what, Four-game win streak. People thought they were back. If you're back, you go out there and you sweep the Angels. Because, I mean, these are these are the last few cakewalk teams that the Yankees will see for a bit. These are the last few cakewalk teams. This is a seven-game West Coast trip against the A's and the Angels. I was saying the Yankees need to go 6-1. and one. At worst, 5-2. and two. So far, they're 2-2, two and two, so they need to win out. Because after the Angels, it's Tampa Bay, Minnesota, Tampa Bay again, Boston, Milwaukee. I think you got Pittsburgh, which is an easy one. You got Boston after that. I think you got Toronto in there. Like It, it gets difficult. It gets pretty difficult. You're not going to be facing guys with the 6.5 ERA more often. No. These were supposed to be an easy four games where, at worst, you could have taken three. But you really should be sweeping teams like the Oakland A's, who are a triple-A ball club with 8,000 fans in attendance. I mean, it sounds like a goddamn JV varsity, uh, JV football game in there. This is a minor league baseball team that just played you and was able to walk away with a 2-2 split. That's disgusting if you're a team who has World Series aspirations. Get it together. And also, how funny is that? You're, you 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 lose both of the series, the the two series against your two main trade partners, 
you lose to them post-trade deadline in the Cardinals and now the A's. Pretty funny. Pretty funny. You get shut down by Castillo every time you face him. <laughs> it's got to change. Uh, let, let's get to our final break, wrap it up with the question of the day and uh, RJ's Barley as well. And then that'll be that. Stay with us. We'll be uh, We'll be right back. One more break. Studio 69 Productions is a podcast production agency created by Leo Rodriguez to allow content creators to market their podcast. It's an online platform that will market your podcast or any other project that you're working on. Get in touch with Leo Rodriguez from Studio 69 Productions. You can find Studio 69 Productions on Instagram at Studio69NJ. Studio 69 Productions, where dreams are heard and born. All right, welcome back to the show. Let's get to it. Let's get to episode 400's NYY, NYK, MMA question of the day. All right, so for episode 400, our NYY, NYK, MMA question of the day is, who led the 1998 Yankees with 127 runs scored? Who led the 1998 Yankees with 127 runs scored? Let me know the answer wherever you can reach me. If you get it correct, I'll give you a shout out on the next show. If you get it incorrect, but guess the answer, at least attempt to guess the answer. I'll let you know what it is. Sorry, we just had a little bit of a, what do you call it? Technical difficulty, but we're back. Um, yeah, episode 400. That was our NYYMYK question of the day. Now, with that all set, let's wrap it up finally with RJ's parlay. Let's get to it. All right, welcome. That should say episode 400, by the way. I know it says 399. It's episode 400. Welcome to RJ's Parlay, where my degenerate self breaks down tonight's big parlay. If I miss, it's not surprising. If I hit, I'll probably lose it all tomorrow night. Because that's how this works. Welcome to RJ's Parlay. Now, tonight's big parlay. (laughs) We had a four-pick parlay for plus 122 odds. I don't even know what the rest of them ended up being, but I know the Yankees did not get the minus one alternate run line, so I lost. I had Yankees minus one, Houston plus one, Braves plus five, and Cleveland plus five. Plus five, I I, I would think those two hit. I haven't checked any of these, but because the Yankees lost, so who the fuck cares? None of that matters. 
and that's all we do. Again, that's all we do is lose. <laughs> so episode 400 in the books. I'm your host, RJ Carbone. And um, we got to start winning consistently. Sweep the Angels. Don't take two out of three. Sweep the Angels. Got to sweep the Angels. We'll see what happens. All right, guys. That's it. I'll see you in the next one. Ciao. This podcast is brought to you by Anchor. It's the best way to make a podcast. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm.